The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us, as always, is Feasting Rick. What are you feasting on today, buddy? I'm feasting on a Jim Beam and Coke. Oh, and nice. Cheese and onion chips, Macca. Cheese and onion. The chips of Which, King. King. Well, that's, what, that's what we were just saying. Like I, I still rate it as my most favouritest chip. In the 40 years that I've been eating potato chips that I can remember. Mm. What about you? I would say cheese and onion would be, yeah, top two for sure. What's second or first? I don't know. It's between that and um, I don't mind a sweet chilli chip. I reckon that's pretty good too. Yeah, but I reckon like, the cheese and onion chip, the flavouring has not changed in all that time. Now, even the barbecue, I reckon, has changed a little bit. Chicken, no, that's been pretty consistent, but cheese and onion, no change whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it, it's right up there. It is definitely right up there. It's a good chip. And I said, king of chips, mate. About the footy. Much better to talk about chips than the footy, for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was crap, and we'll get into that. Let's do our love and hate. Um... One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the footy on the weekend. Uh, let's start with our love and get that out of the way. Uh, what's your love, mate? Uh, it was hard to find a love, to be honest. Um, but I, I loved Butters. I thought Butters in defeat was extraordinarily good for a young fella. Yeah. And a small, you know, small statured player, loves a bit of aggro, and he really stood up, you know, leadership material. I love his little bit of aggression, you know, but he's not over the top. He's not stupid. He's very controlled with what he does. Um, and yeah, in a bleak in a bleak night of performances with most of the team, um, yeah, I thought Butters made me do it, and he gets the love. Yeah, look, we don't usually have the same love. We try and keep it a bit different, but on the same, my love was Zach Butters as well. I thought I think he's been fantastic all year. He's getting in really great position to get the ball. He's impacting the scoreboard. He's really clean with the ball. He's just a joy to watch at the moment. And, you know, he's probably been our second-best player this year now. You know, he had a great great game on the weekend. 18 touches, two goals, goal assist. Uh, was in everything. Um, you know, he was one player that was at least trying to get something going. And he's got he's got good vision, a bit of flair. Well, he's going to be a great player as he develops going forward, I'd imagine. Yeah. The only thing I don't like... And they're coming off at the moment is the very high, very slow kicks that he does into space for players to run into. Um, mm. As I said, they're coming, they're coming off at the moment, but there's going to be one time where I think one of the commentators on the footy might have even mentioned it as well. It's like he, he might overkick it by 10% or something and one of our players is going to get absolutely flattened like Ben Eckerman did and uh, he's going to end up on a stretcher and in hospital. Um, that's the only thing that I don't like about his game at the moment. But as I said, it's it's coming off at the moment. You know, hopefully, actually, hopefully it keeps coming. I, it reminded me that I, I actually had a really random idea uh, watching the game, talking about high kicks, and it takes me back 
to or takes us back to the origin of AFL, which really spawned from rugby union, right? Um, we've got this position now where, you know, teams sort of flood back and all that sort of stuff. Um, you can't really kick it out of bounds without the intentional rule now happening. I wonder if we're going to go to um, to something where we go like rugby, where it's basically instead of kicking it along to the boundary, we boot the ball high and try and get as much hang time as possible to allow players to sort of sprint to try and get numbers to the ball because it's mm. all a time-based game, right? Yep. Instead of kicking like one against two or something, you know, you boot it as high as you can, try and get as much um, hang time as possible. So at least you can try and get extra numbers to that contest to congest the game up. I wonder. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe it'll turn into NFL. Who knows? Who knows what the AFL will do, mate? They uh, they like to change the rules every five minutes, so who they knows? They do. We might, hey, we might just revert back to being rugby union again. Maybe. Look, the way that Victoria's going at the moment, there's not going to be an end to this season, so we might as well start playing rugby amongst ourselves. I noticed Dave put in our, in our poor fan radio chat, will the Melbourne teams last away from home? How, how long do you give them? Well, they're not allowed back now for six weeks, so who knows? Will they survive the going to be tough. battles? Probably not, no. I'm sure there'll be some complaining. What was your hate this week, mate? Uh, I think your summary was very, very apt, Macca, and it was an observation I had. And it's not necessarily just the, the midfield I hated, but I think it was the fact that we lacked courage and stopped hunting the ball and just went for the man for, like, nearly two quarters. Yeah. Right? We hunted the ball in the first, and it was errant kicking that really let us down. But that lack of courage to still hunt the ball, and just and we just went so defensively just for the man and didn't worry about the ball, and it was atrocious because it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, that, that's my hate from the game. Yeah, look, mine is uh, also our, uh, our midfield. It was just really impotent on the weekend, and... It was really disappointing because I thought, you know, it's it's been doing pretty well so far this year. As I said the week before against West Coast, I felt like to win that game we almost bypassed our midfield. We sort of kept going from half back to half forward, um, and that, that was just a non-event on the weekend. Um, and you know, once again against a good side, against a good midfield, we were left wanting, and we were just nowhere in that second quarter and the start of the third as well. You know, this this far on. In our journey, it's just not good enough. Well, not with an experienced midfield. You could maybe get away with it with um, a very inexperienced midfield and go, oh, yeah, you can understand. But, you know, you've got Rockcliffe, All-Australian, Ollie Wines, Travis Boat, Brad Ebert, you know, all running through there, Motlop. You know, these are all experienced guys that, you know, should be able to take control of the game to at least break even and slow it down and you know we spoke about it on the preview show you know knowing that with their tall forwards and I thought Brisbane and Fagan take a bow like I thought tactically they were fantastic um you know but we spoke about if the midfielders don't apply pressure 
and allow fast transition and run and carry, we were going to get carved up so easily. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's what happened. That is exactly what happened. And look, it was it was just disappointing to see. Um, and once again, you know, like how many times on this podcast over the years have we spoken about how a team gets momentum and gets a run on, and we just can't stop it. Like they kicked five goals in the blink of an eye in that second quarter, and I think they kicked another three in the first three minutes of the third quarter as well, just to really ram it home. And you know, any chance we had of winning that game was over and done with, like ten minutes into the second quarter. Um, it was just really disappointing to see. And as I, as I said, I felt like our midfield actually started pretty well. You know, we were we were winning the midfield battle in that first quarter, and then I, I don't really know what changed. Uh, Lockie Neal said that they made a subtle change to their midfield structure, and it just obviously worked for them. And uh, we did nothing to stop it because the only change that I could see was that we went totally defensive in the centre clearance, um, where all three of our centre players were sort of concentrating on their opponent as opposed to concentrating on the ball, um, which meant they just went bang, bang, bang. Um, and Lysa was supported. Lysa was not very good. Lysa was not very good at all on the weekend. And look, through the, through the end of uh, the first quarter, through to the middle of the third quarter, Brisbane won 11 straight centre clearances. That's just that's horrific in a game of football. That's just absolutely horrific. Like we couldn't even nullify it. You know, it was just like it was just a procession and one way traffic. It was like here you go, do whatever you want. But we did look like we were really tired too. We did seem to lack and I don't think we can just say, Oh, it's because Dersma wasn't playing. They all the players and especially the mids looked tired, a little bit of lack of run and our tackling intensity was deplorably bad compared to previous weeks. Yeah. No, I would agree with that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was very disappointing. Let's um, let's get into our review of the game, I guess. And it was round five. Port played Brisbane on Saturday night at the Gabba and uh, returned to earth with a thud. Um, <laughs> as I said, a six-goal-to-one second term proved to be the difference for Brisbane. They won by 37 points, 12 goals, 13 to six goals, 12 uh, Zach Butters, the only multiple goal kicker with two goals. Yep. I mean, and it was so what was your review of the game, buddy? Well, I thought we started pretty well. Like we were competitive. I thought we were a little bit more. Do- I wouldn't say we dominated, but we were the more dominant team. And again, I, I just wonder if our errant kicking is also an alarm bell for potentially our fatigue levels because over the last few years our shit kicking for goal has cost us games and momentum and and, I, and we also look tired in those games so I wonder if there is a correlation there because the previous four games our, our set shot kicking from everyone was amazing uh, and then you know we should have probably been maybe three goals up and a lot of the goals that we missed were quite easy opportunities um, you know, the midfield was breaking even, a little bit higher than that. And, uh, yeah, we Charlie wasn't probably clunking the marks like he was in previous weeks, but he was against a, um, um, you know, he was against a better quality defender as well. Yeah. But, you know, functioning well, we are running the ball well, we are running the lines. Um, yeah, and we were doing quite well. And then, yeah, and then we just hit that shitstorm in the second and third quarter. And then 
you know, last quarter, again, we were competitive. I mean, Brisbane had the game won. Uh, they put, slowed it down, took their gas off, put off the gas a little bit as well. But uh, overall, you know, um, yeah, one quarter of football, as per always, has been the downfall uh, for us in this game. And, yeah, like you said, the midfield completely sucked. Lysett was horribly out of form. He couldn't even nullify the ruck. Yeah, it was just like a procession of walkover. And everything that went wrong that could go wrong, the bounce of the ball, you know, the quick kicks out of the air by the opposition straight to players, and uh, and the umpire was, umpiring was fucking woeful, even though it, um, even though I wouldn't say that better umpiring, we would have won the game. But, um, you know, even the umpiring didn't go our way, you know, with the, the lice of block and, you know, the Robbie Gray punch in the head and a couple of holding the balls. And, and not only that, you know, Buddy, their rule interpretations are just crazy, and <laughs> it was like, bizarre. Some of those, uh, some of those tackles, which seem to go for like twenty-five seconds before they blew yeah. the whistle. And so, like, well, I'm, I'm certain that there was a press release or something saying, "Oh, they're going to fix the holding the bowls," and then they didn't pay one. <laughs> Almost made, the whole game. It's ridiculous. Fast decisions, right? Mm. Like, don't let it go for twenty seconds before calling a ball up. Like, that's what turns it into a rugby scrum. It's bloody stupid. Like, just make quick calls. Either holding the ball or ball it up within two seconds. And don't allow the play, the play to stagnate for 20 seconds and allow people to fester around the ball. And, I mean, well, the other frustrating <laughs> thing to me was, was it rugby? Because, buddy, I swear the Brisbane players were throwing every second handball. It was just madness. But, yeah. I don't know. like I said, that's a deflection from the real problem, which was our midfield not standing up. And not being able to create any presence. Yeah, the big disappointment to go with the uh, the fact that they just walked it out of the centre for almost two whole quarters was the fact that we tried so many different combinations through there as well. Like we had, you know, we had Boat, we had Ebert, we had Rosie, we had Gray, we had Rockliffe, Power Pepper, Wines, all go through there, and none of them could stop it. And no. that's a, that's a real issue. That's a big, big structural problem as opposed to a personnel problem that we've got. Yeah. I was hoping that we'd bring Robbie in a little bit earlier into the midfield to try and wrestle back a bit of momentum because he's still a fantastic midfielder. And, and when think... he went in there, it worked because he went in there, he got the handball to Boak and then he won a, another clearance himself. He won two, basically two centre clearances on his own in that third quarter to help stop the rot. So... It certainly worked. We had to bring him in there probably a bit earlier than we did. I definitely agree with that. Um, as, as you said, I thought we were on top in the first quarter. Uh, I'm not sure if it was so much errant kicking because I felt like most of those points were rush behinds, like kicks that fell short and punched through, that sort of thing. I think Farrell should have kicked his goal on the run. I think uh, Boak had a snapshot which missed. Um, yeah, but he was front 30 out. He should have got that. Yeah, and even place it from forty five is dead out straight in front. You know, for an AFL player, unpressured. Mm. You know, that, that's three goals. Yeah. Yes, it was very disappointing. And uh, but I, look, I was I felt pretty good going into quarter time. I thought, you know, we're, you know, we're in this. We're we're a big chance here, and then just nothing in that second quarter at all. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, the forward line didn't do anything. Well, it didn't even go down there. Like, I think we had two inside 50s for the whole quarter or something stupid like that, so... One, one right at the, near the end when Butters kicked... Was it Butters that kicked the goal? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they kicked the goal straight afterwards from McCarthy. Yeah. You know, it was, well, that's deflating. 
Yeah. Well, you, you know things are going bad when we have a stereotypical, the opposition kicks a goal in the last second before the siren goes. Uh, you know, how often has that happened over the years? Like, it just seems seems to be like clockwork. At least we didn't have a goal as quartermaker. We didn't. We almost did. We uh, we didn't, though, so that was nice. That was a nice change. Um, let's talk about the forward line, because they were under the pump in terms of um, trying to get something happening, because they just... ball just didn't get down there at all for two and a half quarters. Um, you know, Marshall had a... You know, he was barely sighted at all. Um, Dixon, I thought, given the stress that the forward line was under, I actually thought he played pretty well. Like, he was presenting really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I thought uh, kicking inside 50 was horrific again. Like, we just reverted back to... I think someone on Big Footy mentioned this, and I, I thought it was really spot on, is that instead of kicking um, to Charlie Dixon, we were kicking at Charlie Dixon. And that was the big yep. difference. Yep. On his head. Yeah. And look, when you've got a 202 centimetre key defender in Harris Andrews, who's probably the best key defender in the game at the moment, um, yep. as well as other players jumping in front of him, like, that, that's not going to work. That was never going to work. Um, so I thought, given that, I thought Dixon tried his heart out. And I'm very surprised he didn't clock someone. Because I thought he was going <laughs> to. But he was going to, to knock someone to out at one point there. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even even Westy was... He disappeared. Um, well, they all dis. I mean, Macker, at the end of the day, I think it's really hard to judge the midfield harshly. And, it, like, it's really hard to judge the defence overly harshly when we're undersized and there's just a free reign in, in and out of those zones... Um, you know the buck stops with our our setups and uh, and especially our midfield. Yeah. And look, I thought the defence did pretty well considering as well how how quickly the ball was getting in there from each bloody centre bounce down. Um, you know they, they were under the pump. And look, three years ago you could put three men behind the ball and try and stop it for a, at least a little bit, um, but you can't do that now and. I guess we saw with the rule change what can happen. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, if I'm going to criticise anyone, the only one which you, you've been sort of hypercritical of a little bit and Dermy pointed out, and yeah, it was pretty noticeable, was Clurie's just gone into this old habit of just trailing behind the defend, uh, the forward. And he's not really getting into a position to at least do anything. Look... We, we can't be too critical of Tom Cleary. He is Victorian. We know that all the COVID rules are still there in Victoria. <laughs> I think he's watching the news too much. And he's you know he's getting the social distancing down pat, which um, yeah. probably isn't suitable in a game of football, but he's doing the right thing. He's not getting near his opponent. Um, so that's, uh, you know, he should be commended for that, I think. Well, <laughs> how long did you take? When did you work that joke up? Like, take you 24 hours? I've, I've said it at least eight times in the last two days, mate. So uh, I've nailed, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. At least Tom Jonas and Mackenzie, they had a bit of physicality about them. Yeah. You know, at least they tried to spoil and get in there and anticipate. Tom just seemed terrified and just, yeah. I mean, he must like the smell of farts or something. Because... I don't know. He was... I just found it funny how Dermy on the telecast said, look, I think a message is about to go out to Tom Cleary in a minute and say... 
hey, you reckon you could sort of get anywhere near your opponent at the moment because you're getting thrashed. <laughs> and he was. He, uh, he had a dirty day. He's not had a great year, Tom Cleary. And look, if we had anybody else that we could throw down back um, with any sort of, um, I don't know, well, I, th- I would think that his spot might actually be in a little bit of danger, but I don't know if someone like Jack Watts can replace him or, or not, but um, I don't know. He, he just hasn't started this season overly well. No, I'm with you. But you're right. We, I don't think Jack's a, Jack's a player that you can replace him with. I guess you just got to try and back him in to refine his form. Yeah. I mean, we might I mean, see look- maybe Watts might come in for Bonner or someone like that, that this week, but I don't know. It's just... Um, I don't know. It's it's just all on the midfield this week, and it's just disheartening how easily they were dismantled. Can Rocky and Wines play in the same side? Probably not. I don't think. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think Rockliffe. Well, I think Rocky's a crucial player if we're going to win a premiership come finals time. When it's a little bit slower, it's a little bit more bogged down and contested and that sort of thing uh, and I like the way that he distributes the ball but I, I'm not sure, I don't know I don't even know if that's a real issue or not like, you know, as I said like we we tried so many different combinations of players through there and just they were just all very very ordinary Yeah, I don't, but it, I don't know, it just seems to be like their ball hunting ability or their positioning just doesn't seem to be as influential when they're both playing together. Yeah. And that's what I sort of see. And it was really noticeable during the game in the second and third, fourth quarters that Brisbane were able to run away from our midfield quite easily when both of those boys were around the ball. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing was that you would think, given they had 11 straight centre clearances, that it might be Lockie Neal doing all the damage because we know he's a fantastic player. He's probably the best player in the league at the moment. But I think he only had one of those centre clearances. So it, it wasn't even him. It was Lions that had, I think, five centre clearances in a row. So I don't know what the hell we were doing with him. Jared Berry got a few. Lincoln McCarthy got a few. Um, it was really those other players that were doing the damage. Well, Jared, how how many years is Jared Berry in the system now? Two? No, it's B4. This would be his fourth year. Yeah. I mean, like, he was just breaking tackles at will, that kid. He looked fantastic. You yeah. know, and like, it was like we just didn't want to touch the guy. You know, it was, it was crazy just how he carved through the midfield. And, yeah, that's what I mean. It just looks, I don't know, were we getting a bit fatigued from being in the hub? You know, did they have a hard training week? The, you know, the conditions... As it was, it slowly affecting. I don't know. It did seem like from what Port was been putting up this season so far, this was a massive anomaly game for me. Yeah, but when you look at the last sort of three or four years, this is on trend for Port Adelaide against the better quality sides. Yeah. Yep, and we need to win a couple of scalps, don't we? We do. We do. Look, we've spoken about Zach Butters and how well he played on the weekend. I thought Dan Houston was excellent as well. That was probably his best game for the year. Um, I thought he tried really hard across half-back and going through the midfield, trying to get something going. Uh, his ball use, as we know, was very, very good, I thought. And and the captain? The captain? Which one, mate? Oh, sorry. 
the real captain. The, the ex-captain. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, Boke was good. I thought, um, you know, he he was one player that was... Tro- like He had a terrible second quarter, as they all did, but I thought he was really good in the first quarter. He was one player that was at least trying to win the contested ball yeah. uh, through there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, slim pickings for best players. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, they're really the only three. I, I mean, I must have been the odd person out. Maybe I got caught out by his um, his ball ball use outside of his attempted goal. But I thought Farrell was all right. But I noticed even he thought he was pretty average. Um, uh, he was. I thought he was okay. He had his moments. Is he doing enough? Like this is the question with Kane Farrell that we've had um, for an eternity now. Is that? You know, we know that when he gets the ball, something good generally happens, but he's got to get the ball. That's the thing. Yeah, the same with a whole a lot of players. You could say the same about Stevie Motlop. Yeah, he was pretty ordinary on the weekend as well. Even Rosie's um, having a bit of a down patch at the moment. Rosie's effort in that second quarter where right in front of their goal and he's trying to soccer the ball like two or three times, like yeah. a five-year-old... <laughs> Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Just and pick it just, up. Just bounce straight into their hands. Easy, easiest goal of your life. Like, come on, man. It's AFL football. It's not under 10s. Yes. Um, you know, that was just a complete brain fart. And I'm sure he'll never do that again in his football career. But, um, you know, I or guess that, that's pretty... just what, what we had to deal with on the weekend. That's what I mean. It was just really... Like, we've been very structurally sound. We've been uh, aggressive. Strong positional play tactically, um, yeah, and uh, I guess that's why I sort of posted on the forum on Sunday night. I think the next two games for us will tell us where we're going for this season. Every team is going to have a blip game this year because it's just what it is. But you know, how are we going to back up that poor performance against GWS? Well, that's the the big question, isn't it? Can we back it up? Can we uh, get back on track and, and have a, a good win against a, a very good team that's won a couple of really good matches in the last two weeks? Um, and as we know, their midfield's better than Brisbane's, um, so that's a concern that we're going to have to look at. Um, we certainly can't allow 11 straight centre clearances against them because we'll be 11 goals down straight away. Um, so that, that's a big problem. I guess looking at the team as a whole, do you, what sort of changes to the to the side do you imagine will happen this week? Do you see wholesale changes, or do you see them sort of backing them in and hoping it was just a blip? Well, years gone by, you know, I guess Ken would just back them in and maybe drop a Farrell for someone else or whatever. It's just so hard because you got no you got no reserve form line, right? It's just mm. training form line, but. I don't know. Does do we need a bit of ruck help? You know, does a does a ladder, did Laddams go up to the hub? Do we need an extra eruptment there? Is like is Lysett actually injured? Um, you know, he wasn't really jumping at all. So, you know, and his well, his foot skills aren't that great. Well, he anyway. was jumping. Like, this is what we saw with Manny Loby, which used to do my head in. Was, he was just jumping too early, and he's yeah. landing, and then it's just the easiest tap for Stephen Martin. And that happened about 15 times during the game. So you Correct. Gotta, I don't know. I understand that it's a bit of a tactic to try and put them off, but you know, to put them off, that means they're, they're not going to get the tap, not like 
<laughs> win every bloody hit out. You know, it was just very annoying. Um, I mean, to me, he's like one of, of the senior players. You got like, you got the issue. I think to me, it's an issue of Wines and Rocky in the same side. I don't think it's working too well. So I don't know if you you do something there, and the lack of ruck support. And I know I thought Laddams was growing very well as a player last year, and he's and the two backup ruckmen are probably the biggest victims of not having a reserve team playing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But then, who who's at at expense for a Laddams to come in and provide life support? Is it you know, is it a Marshall? Is it a Westoff? Um, you know, I'd be loath to really flick Marshall off. I think he's the future. So then, you know, do you do you rest West off for a game or two? Who's been in pretty good form mm. this year? Give Laddams just an opportunity, and that's that's one of the perils we've got with so many older players taking up spots in the team. They're holding up these younger players that have maybe been in the system for a while uh, from growing as an AFL player now. Yeah, well, I think there's a number of players whose spot in the side might come under question this week. I think Pau Pepper. Uh, Motlop, um, Riley Bonner, Kane Farrell, and maybe even Trent McKenzie, even though he's had a very, very good year, um, you know, dropping McKenzie for someone like Watts would be the sort of change that we would have seen in previous years, I reckon. Yeah. And look, well, coming, up, is- coming up against GWS, whose forward line, you know, Jeremy Cameron, Finlayson, Himmelberg, they're all 197 centimetres. Um so they're all very tall as well. Uh, so we might need some extra height there. Uh, I can see someone like Bergman coming in. I would love to see Laddams get a game, um, even if it's at the expense for a runner like Kane Farrell. Um, yep. I think Georgiades would probably be pretty close. Uh, obviously, Dersman's got to come back in, but I'm not sure he's ready yet. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say with uh, the complete lack of second-grade form to look at. <laughs> like yeah, they're, playing, right. they're playing trial games. They're, they're playing trial games mixed with two different AFL teams. And I think on the weekend, the Crows tried to get them to join together and play a, a scratch match, and we said no. <laughs> um, so it's it's really hard to work out, you know, who's in form that we can sort of bring in. It's Is just... Porter Premiership contender? Uh, I think on... Objectively, the, I think on the weekend you've you've got to say no, we're not. I think before that you'd say we're we're growing there, and I think we all said sort of um, before the West Coast game if we beat West Coast then we'll start to kind of half believe. But look, they're they're not going too well at the moment. Um, and look at as we said, it's just thud straight back down to earth um, so this week. We've got Jonas. Ebert, Robbie Gray, Travis Boak, Rockcliffe. Who else is there? Approaching or over 30. Hartlett. Hartlett. I mean, I mean, he's pretty still pretty handy, but I, I just really think we need to be giving... Some of those guys have to give way at certain times. Yeah. And we have to give some other younger players a two or three game opportunity to just see if they can make their mark because um, even though they've been great stalwarts of the club, we need to transition. Otherwise, what are we going to do? We're just going to fall off a cliff, 
right? What are we? Yeah. We're going to have like five of these players go in a season or something, and then what? We're going to have this whole complete cavity of uh, no experience from players because they've just kept players out, and uh, you know. And I think that's why, even though Westhoff has been very serviceable this year, I think maybe he need. We just need to maybe make way for a couple of games and give Laddams an opportunity. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know about Laddams for a Farrell, but. At the same time, Laddams does win a bit of ball and Farrell doesn't win that much ball. So, you know, what do you really lose by dropping a Farrell and picking a Laddams? So maybe not much. Not much. No, I think you're probably right. I guess look, we'll find out this weekend if we're going to be a bit of a premiership threat or not. We're, look, we're still top of the ladder. We've got really good percentage. If we beat GWS, then, you know, game on again. If we lose, then I think we know the answer to that question. Um, and look, going in, I don't think anyone really thought we'd be a premiership threat this year. Um, but we'll find out this weekend for sure. Let's go on to some big footy questions. Um, first one, we've got a few questions here from Long Live PAFC. The first one is, when is Porsche back? Which we get every week. Um, I don't know. We need to ask Porsche when she's going to be back. When is she back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she's even coming back. Who knows? We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out in due course, for sure. Second question is, uh, can you explain our bomb to the centre square from defensive kick-in tactic? Which was, another, which was another sort of predictable thing that we just did time and time and time again on the weekend. Yeah, we didn't change it up, did we? No. You know, it's a bit of poker, isn't it? You do it a couple of times as a bluff, and then, you know, they sag back, and then it gives you an opportunity to... And I think Dermy brought that up in the call too. Heaven help us, we're quoting Dermy on multiple occasions here. Yeah, you know, but, you know, he brought up, hey, give the give the short thirty meter outlet, and then give it to a a Hartlett to try and then go over the cluster if that's the way you want to go. And it makes sense, but we just didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Look, we did change it up a little bit. I think we were kicking long to the right hand pocket, and then we were kicking long about ten meters left of that. Uh, so it wasn't much difference. Um, but you, you just got to change it up. Why do we have to do the same thing each single time? Like, honestly. Change but it up Hinkley a little bit. Hey? Does Hinkley have a plan B? Well, probably not. No, I don't think so. I think we have our, our tactics and that's probably about it. Uh, third question is, is our lack of defensive height a red herring? E.g. not an issue if our midfield pulled their finger out or a true problem? Uh, well, I think our defence for the first four rounds showed that it's tight and can work well, but it is heavily reliant on everyone else up the ground performing their role. So, But you know what? You can have a superstar defence and you're still relying on, on people up the ground too. So, yeah. yeah. What we needed was just for our players to nullify the contest. Like, we didn't have yeah. to win every centre clearance, but just lock it down, get another centre bounce or two going so that we can put a couple of players back, block the hole, help out the defensive group, and then stop the rot. But that just wasn't happening. They were just, as soon as it was a bounce down, they were just kicking it long inside 50 time and time again. And I think, at least on two occasions, I think we gave away free kicks straight from that kick into the inside 50. 
And uh, it was the game to be slaughtered at centre bounces. Yeah. Because you're six on six, you've got no extra players, and, you know, they just run it out of the middle to a massive advantage. Like, you couldn't have picked a worse team for the midfield not to show up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, last question from Long Live PAFC. Has Jack Watts ever come to Sotto's? And if so, what did he have? He hasn't come to Sotto's, unfortunately. No. A, few, a few other guys have, but uh, but not him. I, I see him as a Garfish sort of guy, Jack Watts. Who's come in? Oh, a few players, a few coaches, a few people. What? What's lots, the most... lots of ex lots of ex players are coming. What's the, the most player? Hey, what's the most noticeable current player that's come in? Oh, I don't know. I don't think anybody current has come in now. Come uh, on, there's a few crows players hey. that that are coming. Um, hey. Yeah, that are still on their list. You you protecting your clientele? Absolutely. Is this like a uh, fish and chip shop <laughs> privilege? You know, you don't want to dob them in for getting that extra fatty ha- hamburger that they're not supposed to be eating. Look, soon, soon enough, Sam McClure will write an expose on the uh, <laughs> the fat content of the bodies of the players, uh, <laughs> the skin folds and stuff. Uh, if so I'm we're careful, so. photos. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Schultz and Fest has, uh, has said here, we just lost to a side with a very strong midfield and three tall targets up forward who are able to get silver service when their midfield got on top, correct? Uh, what, if anything, can we do to ensure that the same doesn't happen this week coming up against a uh, arguably superior midfield unit of Kelly, Cornelio, Ward, Green, Whitfield and delivering the ball to a clearly superior toll forward unit of Cameron, Finlayson and Himmelberg? Pray. Pray, yes. Um, that's uh, that's certainly one thing. Look, we just got to concentrate on hunting the ball, I think. that's um, As I said, that was my main issue during that second quarter was that we just went ultra-defensive at the centre clearance. Uh, eyes went on the football, and we just allowed them to, to win the easy ball out of the centre. I think you know, going up against that GWS midfield, you got to fight fire with fire. Oh, that's an exceptional midfield. And we just got to make sure we get hands on the ball first. Simple as that. We need, we need Lysett to stand up. Yeah. Lysett needs to stand up in the ruck. And look, coming up against Mumford, I would hope that he should win that at least. Retire, um, and yeah. give us a bit of a fair chance. Um, and then look, it's up to guys like Wines and Rockliffe and Pow Pepper and Boke and Rosie and these sorts of guys to pull their finger out and make sure that what happened this weekend doesn't repeat itself. I can't believe Mumford's still playing. I know, I he's... I uh, I thought he was too busy snorting cocaine, but um, yeah. apparently he's back playing again, so there you go. There you go. Mumford snorting coke. Party at, party at uh, his house. Party at his house, that's it. Andre has said, uh, this week was our first real test of our midfield against a good opposition in good weather, and we were too slow. Wines or Rockliffe out? Is the question? Yeah, I'd probably go. Shit, I don't know. Russian roulette. Mm. Pull out the hat. I know for some reason I'd prefer Rockcliffe. Don't ask me why. Yeah. He also says a 195 centimetre key position defender is clearly our top list need. Until we draft one, could Laddams or even Hayes play on the resting rucks when playing sides with three very tall forwards? I doubt it. 
I think Laddams has got the mobility to potentially do that. Um, look, Billy Frampton would have been okay to try as a key defender, I think, maybe. Um, but obviously, he's at the Crows now. Look, we've got Grundy there. We've got Liner, who's 195. We've got Watts, who's 196. So we've got players with a bit of height on our list. Um, we just need to bring them into the side. But Liner doesn't really play as a key position defender, though. No, he doesn't, but he's still got a he's still got a bit of height, he's still got good reach, he's got long arms. Sometimes all you need is just someone that can spoil the bowl. Um, here's to you, Dougal Howard. <laughs> that's what yeah. he used to do pretty well. Where's Dougal when we need him? Mm. You know what? I don't think Dougal would have even saved us on the weekend. No, definitely not. Uh, if Burton is fit, do you bring him in for Bonner or drop Farrell and push Houston up the ground? Well, I think Burton has to come back in. Yeah. Yeah, Burton, he's he's too good to stay out of the side, so would I bring him if look Bonner's position in the side is definitely under question. Um But yeah, Bonner well, hasn't been horrible this year either. He's been okay. Um but I feel like he's just that one bad performance away from getting dropped and he had a bad performance on the weekend. So do you bring Burton in? Look, Burton's a better player, so if you want to just make that swap, then you do it. Yeah. Are you a beanbag guy, Macca? Do you like beanbags? I don't mind beanbags. Yeah. Have you been a beanbag owner, or are you just like using them at other people's? Uh, the kids have beanbags, so I usually sit on them every now and then. You big child, aren't you? That's me, mate. Uh, also, the last question from Andre. When was the last time either host can remember Ken making a move during a game when we were getting smashed early that turned it around for a win? I mean, it has happened. It has happened on occasion. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. At Are you saying notice. early in the game, not late in the game? Yeah. Um, no, not early. I'm sort of thinking, I'm going back to... Robbie Gray winning that goal uh, game against St Kilda with the right attack, but yeah. that's at, that's at the end of the game when he brought him into the midfield. Yeah, so, I, I think the, la- the, the last one that springs to mind off the top of my head would be the West Coast game in 2017 when we played them over there and we made a couple of changes up forward. I think we threw I can't remember who we threw forward, um, but they kicked a few goals and. It ended up winning us the match, I think. Um, that would be the last one that I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Glitch has asked, um, I thought last week against West Coast Eagles, we showed signs of being able to halt a team's momentum. This week, it was like the floodgates were opened. Do we see the problem as the midfield being too slow, or is it down to the fact that we are not winning enough ball in the ruck to give them opportunity? No, well, I just think... We actually, we haven't had a great recent history of being able to win the midfield to a losing Ruckman. Yeah. You know, and I think, so that really hurts us. But, and I'm sure we're not a lone soldier there, but, well, I, and I don't even, you know, when you're getting thrashed, your midfield just looks slow. You know, when you're winning and you're creating space, your midfield looks fast, even if they're not fast. And I mean, Rockcliffe's one of those great players that, even though he's slow as treacle, he can still look fast in the right situation. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think Jared Schofield probably has a lot to work on this week. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jared, but he's in charge of the midfield unit, and his unit got absolutely poleaxed. Absolutely, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's done a press conference or not, but yeah, I think he's the one that really needs to answer a lot of questions this week. For sure. Uh, Interstater has said, um, "Do we put too much emphasis on having a settled defence versus having a horses for courses defence?" No, I think everyone knows you want to try and have a settled team, right? Mm. I think. Look, I think if we, um, yeah, look, a settled team is preferable. But look, if we had anyone, look, if we had a two hundred centimetre key defender that we could bring in, um, I'm sure we would. Well, that'd be. <laughs> <laughs> like Paris Andrew and what's his name Paris Andrews yeah Paris Andrews yeah that's the one yeah <laughs> uh, Datbird has said if we split the two remaining games in Queensland before we head home surely 5-2 is a decent return I'd take it absolutely 5-2 is a decent return yeah but oh, well, look we've got to make sure we um, you know if it's 5-2 and we've got thrashed by GWS and we beat Carlton, then I think, you know, we're still going to be in the same sort of situation. Are we Are we actually coming home in two weeks' time or is it a big furphy? Uh, who knows, mate? With, uh, with the Victorian announcement today, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I feel for my Victorian and brothers and sisters. It must be tough going backwards. But it sucks to be them, right? Yeah. Uh, Johns has asked, uh, do you think internally the continual occurrence of what happened power moments is being addressed or discussed? If so, no. what can we look for as supporters to prove this? As long as we're good corporate citizens, that's all that matters. Where's all these mm. questions coming from? I thought it was done. I'm busting to go to the loop. Mate, we've got heaps of... We've got another 15 questions here, mate. <laughs> No, no, we don't really. Uh, look, I'm sure. <laughs> look, they they would have to be pretty ignorant not to realise that you know, eight or nine times a year we have this situation where we just get absolutely thrashed and can't stop momentum, like it happens every three weeks, and it's done so for you know what since about two thousand and well fifteen now probably. They're gonna notice. Um, they would notice by now, Macca. Yeah, exactly right. Why is 2020 different from 2019, 2018, 2016, 2017? Mm. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure they know. I'm sure they know. Whether they've got the ability to stop it, that's the question. And that's what, uh, you know, that will determine if these coaches have a job next year or not. We can only hope. Hmm. Uh, and that is about it. Oh, we got one more. Port 85 has said, uh, we went defensive at centre bounces in the third quarter, but it didn't do much other than stem the tide a bit when it was too late. Would you have tried that earlier in quarter two or gone more aggressive attacking? E.g., well, attacking in his eyes is would be Grey Boak, Houston, with uh, Butters and Rosie off a wing. I would have really hoped that we actually just tried to hunt the ball. If that's mm. called attacking, it's attacking. Yeah. Look, we clearly, got... we clearly went very defensive in the second quarter, and yes. that was the problem. Um, we had to be more attacking, I think. Even um, and even though we went defensive, we still bloody couldn't even man up anyway. It was crazy. Like, yeah. it, we, 
it was a free-for-all. But you guys got to stop asking questions or I'm going to take you to the bathroom. <laughs> well, look, that is it, mate, for this evening. Uh, that, is, uh, that is all the questions we've got. Woohoo! So you're lucky. You're very lucky. Yes. No, you guys are lucky. Mm. All right. Until next time, buddy. We'll speak to you on Thursday. Woohoo! Go for it. And uh, calm the pair. <laughs>